What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we take any further steps forward that this show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. If you want to watch the show, if that tickles your fancy, you can do so on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. If you watch, see, hear, listen, whatever to this show, you will whatever those things uh, to all of us, my name is R.J. Ochoa from Blog on the Boys. I am joined, as always, every single Friday by Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride and Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, happy Justin Fields is awesome day to you. <laughs> mm, yes, a game against the Broncos and a game against the Commanders has totally undone all of the damage that Justin Fields has done as a starter. So <laughs> congratulations to him. Coming undone with it, uh, a great song. We will, of course, recap Thursday Night Football, offer our same game parlay, and preview every single game to come in Week 5. Uh, but, Stephen, as I imagine, uh, you are pretty sad uh, when it comes to last night's game uh, because of a personal level of involvement. I don't think I'm sad, but I did. <laughs> uh, I sat DJ Moore in a fantasy lineup, and I would just like to explain that I have a very good fantasy team in this league. Mm. It's a very competitive 12-team league. I've got Puka Nakua, Amon Ra St. Brown, mm. Chris Olave, and DJ Moore. I sat DJ Moore because Amon Ra St. Brown has not practiced all week. He's super questionable, but he's a stud when he goes. And yesterday, he was like, I'm playing this week. So I was feeling good about it. DJ Moore goes absolutely insane last night. This morning, Dan Campbell is like, yeah, I'm going to mm. St. Brown's not practicing today, and he's pretty questionable for this week. So he might not even go. I might have to pivot to Romeo Dobbs. I'm not happy about it, but it, it's it's the long game in fantasy. So I'm just happy to see DJ Moore thriving right now. I did start DJ Moore in my league of record, um, and I've told you both many times, my two quarterbacks in that league are Justin Fields and CJ Stroud. And for like three weeks in a row, I've had Stroud are ready to start and then chickened out at the last second. Last week, I prayed on the Broncos, to your point, BLG, and was rewarded for it, despite the fact that Stroud was amazing. Justin Fields just had a better overall fantasy day. And this week, this short week, I was like, you know what? I, I rode the Broncos thing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play Justin Fields. But five minutes before kickoff, I decided, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's light this candle. Mm. So I played both Justin Fields and DJ Moore last night. Um, congratulations to me. Uh, sorry to my cousin, Jeremy, who I'm playing this week. He's, um, he's pretty sad, um, <laughs> as you all can imagine. Um, I guess we should just get to Thursday night football, uh, a really sad, um, game as it started, it was announced that Dick Butkus, uh, the longtime Chicago bears linebacker, one of the greatest linebackers in NFL history passed away. Uh, the bears playing with heavy hearts, uh, DJ Moore actually tweeted after the game that they felt Dick Butkus with them. Uh, all throughout Thursday night. Uh, it was a 40 to 20 win. It snapped the longest drought in terms of uh, wins uh, in American professional sports. Um, I thought this was kind of stupid, Brandon, that everybody was like, every single American professional sports team has won a game. You know, there's 162 games in an MLB season, right? Like, there's how many games in an NHL season, NBA season? Like, you know, that was a little silly, but it, it did just kind of add to the the gross that the Bears have been, but they did get the win. Uh, they are not the last winless team in the NFL this season. The arrow is pointing up. Granted, it was really, really, really far down for them. Didn't we have Dick Butkus on the uh, SB Nation NFL show at one point? I mean, I know you interviewed him specifically. Yes, I did. Uh, he was very kind, very gentle, very sweet. Um, he actually talked about this was um, this was prior to last season. It was um, two Super Bowls ago. And he noted that uh, he had an inside source that Justin Fields was not coached properly. Uh, what was then his rookie year? 
Um, and, um, and so he was really excited about, um, the fields era with Matt Eberflus and everything. And again, it was obviously not that great last season, but, um, a ferocious player, but he was really, really kind, uh, to me when I interviewed him and something cool. Um, you don't get a chance to like, like tell these stories or whatever all too often. I appreciate you bringing it up. He followed me on Twitter after the game and he doesn't, it's not like he follows like a million people. He was just a really uh, really kind and gracious person. Um, and it was a, a real treat to get the interview. A lot of Bears things happening in the news between that, obviously, a sad development, but obviously the Chase Claypool trade. Wait, it just as well. we were going we were gonna to get there organically. And you were, okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's a lot of okay. different yeah. Bears things going on that they were on Thursday Night Football. We were going it's, in it's a, chronological order, but wait, it it's just a Bears world. Uh, congrats to them for finally winning a game. Would have been really depressing to go a full calendar year, even if they don't play in the offseason still. Just to think about it's literally been a whole year since my team won a football game uh, is tough. So they got off the snide, if you will. And uh, they did it in a fun way, too. Steven? Did the Bears win a single football game while Chase Claypool was a part of the team? No. no. I think <laughs> 10, I saw. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I the last night was a weird game, but the Bears are trending in the right direction. I think Chase Claypool, like Dolphins, okay, sure, whatever. See if they get anything out of him. But he's a guy who produced in his rookie season and has not done anything in his career since then. So uh, a lot of people for the Chiefs were like, go out and get Chase Claypool because they're worried about the Chiefs wide receivers. And I had absolutely zero interest in that. So good for Miami, I guess. Still a just awful trade by Ryan Poles. And I, I don't know what the thought process was in giving up a high, giving up the top second round pick for a player like that. And it didn't even last a calendar year, but uh, good for the Dolphins, I guess. See if it does anything for them. Especially um, in the context of like, if a, the Steelers maybe don't want a wide receiver, why do you want them? Steelers know some a thing or two about receivers. When When has a receiver left the Steelers? And that's been like a good call for the other um, team and not the Steelers. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. It's the only one. Okay. I can think of. But like, but you're right. Like right. Mike Wallace, they were fine not that great. Too. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Like Mike Wallace, not great. I mean, Antonio Brown had Antonio was still, Brown, was still a good player. I mean, but that was, those were yeah. extenuating. Yeah. But you know, they were obviously right to move on from. Right. Um, back to the game. So we talked about it. DJ Moore finished with eight receptions for 230 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, I saw, I didn't verify this, and I apologies to the tweet because I'm just remembering the fact and not who tweeted it. Uh, DJ Moore uh, last night, I believe, had more receiving yards than any Bears receiver had all of last season, I think was the stat I saw, uh, which like passes the like general kind of huh test. Um, again, it may not be totally correct. Uh, Justin Fields had this big blow up of a day, but Steven really didn't contribute on the ground, like from a fantasy standpoint. Like, I mean, you know, had this monster performance, but it was, you know, he's 15 to 29 for 282 yards and four passing touchdowns. Again, three of them going to DJ Moore. So that's what's really interesting about the Bears the last two weeks. And really to start the season, it was like they're trying to turn Justin Fields into a pocket passer and it's not working. Why isn't he running the football more? We saw him do that, but like, in, in college at Ohio State, he was more of a pocket passer, and we saw him have tons of success doing that. And these are obviously positive matchups for the Bears. Uh, the commanders, especially uh, downfield throws, are the worst team in the NFL at defending those, and it's not even close. Mm. And so the Bears had a good game plan to just attack them down the field, and they did it all night long. And so I, I'm not totally buying into this like Fields has taken this next level as a pocket passer and now he can just kind of use his legs when he needs to bail and, and make plays that way. I'd still like to see more of like a marrying of the two because I think that's going to be the best version of him. But these matchups like this is what you should see from him if he's a quarterback who is trying to take a step and, and make plays and he's got the offensive weapons now these are the matchups where he should really succeed. I, I'm still not totally bought into it, but it's exciting to see him take this next step as a passer the last two weeks. Brandon, um, I wanted to get your take on this. It, the, the tush push has been the most annoying thing in discussion for the last, like whatever it's been two weeks. Um, and it felt like the bears were obsessed with it on Thursday night. Like mm. it felt like they did it. What? Like four times. Um, and obviously Justin Fields is an incredible athlete. And so it makes sense. And it was successful for them. Uh, there were a lot of teams who weren't successful at it last Sunday. Uh, but, um, I mean, this is, it, it almost felt like they were like legitimately copying the Eagles in that tiny little sense. Why not? It's effective. It I works. Agree. I mean, it's a good play. So can you say something nice about Justin Fields since he did it? 
Uh, I'd like to see more. I mean, this is a so he, you saw oh, more. Yeah, we'll DJ Moore had three touchdowns. What do you mean you'd like to see more? <laughs> All right, that's good. I'll just end it. I'll just I'll just leave the podcast now. I can't uh, come back from that. Uh, no, but seriously, I will say that. Okay, um, you know, this is still a team that is not in a great spot to start the season, despite you know encouraging game. They're one and four here, um, but. Look at the next five games they have home against the Vikings, home against the Raiders, at the Chargers, who don't have a real home field advantage, at the Saints, who look eminently beatable, and then home against the Panthers. Like that's a nice little five game stretch. If if they can start to go on a run here, okay, then I'm I'm buying I'm starting to maybe admit I'm wrong. I'm buying in a little bit more. I know that none of those teams are great, but you need some positive traction here. And if they can kind of build on this and, you know, take advantage of the mini buy and get a big division win against the Vikings, then then I'm starting. I will be ready to kind of think they're interesting, but just because you played it close against the Broncos, who are terrible, and lost to them, and then you beat a Commanders team that I think was coming off of their kind of Super Bowl of the season, uh, going to Philly and really playing their A game, and also getting a lot of weird breaks in that game, as we talked about in the oh AFC mixtape. I mean, that spoke to that. This is true. They just wasn't a team that's great. Yes, the only um, way any team can come close to the Eagles is if they get breaks. That's not what I said. I said out. it in the moment that a lot of weird <laughs> things happened in that game. And I also do think they were treating it like their Super Bowl, except at the end there, and we can get to Ron Rivera. But um, yeah, so, you know, this is a nice win for the Bears. I also think it does speak to the commanders uh, unraveling. No, that's the way football can be, Stephen. Is, is the Bears are probably thinking like, oh man, if we had just held on against the Broncos, we'd be two and three, right? Like life would be so much different. Uh, and BLG and I did trash Ron Rivera on the mixtape this week for not going for the win after they, well, they didn't tie it, but you know they they scored the touchdown at the final moments of regulation. And had the Commanders done that. I mean, the vibe is just this incredibly different thing. And now, so that's a loss. Now, this is a loss. Like, this is a really embarrassing loss. Like, we may be able to talk ourselves into, like, well, maybe the Bears are, you know, not the worst team ever like we said they were two days ago. But this is really humiliating for the Commanders. It's especially embarrassing that besides DJ Moore going absolutely insane, no other Bears wide receiver had a single catch in this game. (laughs) They only the only other players who caught passes were the tight ends, Robert Tanyan and Cole Komet. And so so DJ Moore single handedly (laughs) destroyed you, which that's embarrassing. And, you know, for them offensively, the commanders, I, I think most of us probably assumed Sam Howell was going to be an up and down experiment and they've been okay. I don't understand how they have not gotten Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson involved at all this season. Like neither one of them has been a significant impact player for them offensively. And that's, I, I'm rooting for Eric B to succeed for the commanders, but he's got to figure out a way to get those guys involved. Those are the most proven assets that you have offensively. And they were a total afterthought last night. For some reason, 40-year-old Logan Thomas is your number one pass catcher last night and was getting targeted like crazy and was heavily involved in the offense when Terry and Jahan Dotson are are just total afterthoughts. It it doesn't make sense to me, and it is a a truly, truly embarrassing loss for the Commanders. I saw a tweet from Grant Paulson, who covers the Commanders and all things DC, that kind of summed it up. And and Brandon, obviously, we pay close attention to this team. Um, he tweeted to me tonight. This was last night, obviously. To me tonight was a chance for the Commanders to prove they weren't the same middling team they've been throughout the Rivera era. Chance for the staff to show they left out of play down to bad teams mediocrity tonight. It's hard to say there's been major progress by the program. That's exactly how I feel. Like this again. They've had some cute moments, some nice moments. They they won the Mickey Mouse title in 2020 when Dak got hurt and the Eagles were whatever. I mean, but like this is who they are. Like, I mean, I mean, the idea that like we said it on on the mixtape. Like, if Ron Rivera is coaching for his job under new ownership, like he's done nothing except like mm-hmm. give Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, who also lambasted the team on Twitter, reason <laughs> to move on from him in the offseason. I think it's been a tough start uh, in, in addition to Ron Rivera for Emmanuel Forbes, um, who obviously he's drawn some tough matchups here, but you know, going up against AJ Brown, giving up what 175, two touchdowns, and then going up against uh, Moore here and doing what happened there. Um, tough start for him and tough start for uh, not start, but tough look for the commanders and their current front office who notably passed on Christian Gonzalez, who is now likely out for the season. But before he got hurt, was looking like he could be one of the best defensive rookies from this class. Uh, And that was kind of like going against consensus, too. Everyone was surprised they did that. So certainly uh, front office mistakes contributing to this as well. But yeah, uh, I agree with you, RJ, in terms of 
you know, the Eagles game had a chance to kind of be, or it seemed like based on the perception from Washington media, that was kind of a moral win for them. Um, but that goes away if you just get blown out by one of the worst teams in the league on national television. Um, yeah, the team that everybody was dragging. Like, it's not just, you know, again, Cowboys were there a couple of weeks ago with the Cardinals. So it's a, it's a tough scene. Um, but okay, uh, that was Thursday Night Football. Not the horrible game that we all thought it would be. So at least in that sense, everybody won. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we are going to preview all of the games for week five of a first. We will do our pick three, which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, gentlemen, two weeks ago, we hit two thirds of the same game parlay. We have still never done it. Um, not once in history have we ever landed the same game parlay. We thought we were close last week. I don't know why we thought that the transitive property would be a real thing. That we, oh, because we got two out of three, and now we'll get three out of three. Uh, we were completely wiped out over oh, uh, last week um, as far mm-hmm. as the Raiders-Chargers game. But this week, we're examining the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Minnesota Vikings. This was your idea to attack this game, Steven. So I will give you the honors. What is your leg of the parlay, and why is it the one that failed two weeks ago when we were so close to hitting as a collective trio? I am taking Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) 300-plus, alt passing yards, plus 100. I did pick this a couple of weeks ago, and it failed, but I am buying into this. I believe this is going to be an offensive shootout, and I think it works in the Chiefs' favor that they're coming off a game offensively where they looked pretty bad uh, against the Jets. And even in a bad game where Patrick Mahomes was just throwing terrible interceptions against a tough Jets defense, he still at the end of the game could have wound up putting up 30 points if he walks into the end zone instead of sliding down just to seal the victory. So even in a bad offensive game, the Chiefs still could have put up 30 points against that Jets defense. Mahomes has taken accountability all week long, talking about how bad he was against the Jets. And I just think that against this Vikings defense, the Chiefs are going to come out swinging. Mahomes is going to be pissed off. He's going to have a big day. They're going to put up some points. I I feel good this week that he can bounce back and put up 300 passing yards. Brandon, before you give us your leg, how do you feel about Steven going back to the well? Like This is literally the exact prop that he had two weeks ago when you and I hit ours and he did not. I trust him. I mean, he's, you know, he's covering the Chiefs, obviously, directly. So I think he has a good feel for this. I also I was looking at how many uh, passing yards per game the Vikings are giving up. It's 233.5, but only 11 teams, I think, are allowing more. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We could also potentially see a shootout here if Kirk Cousins gets going. My leg this week is... I think a fun thing to root for, you know, usually we do like player props or something. I was like, let's mix it up a little bit. I think this all ties together. I'm going to do the race to 20 points, which uh, if you bet it individually, the Chiefs are minus 150 in that. The Chiefs rank uh, 11th, tied for 11th this season in first quarter points with only six per game so far. But you know how many first quarter points the Vikings have scored this season? Zero, not one. So the Vikings have had all these slow starts. And meanwhile, the Chiefs jump to 12.8 points averaged in the second quarter. That is second most in the NFL, only behind the Dolphins. So I think the Chiefs get out to 21st. Uh, I think they're obviously a safe bet to hit 20 in this game. That seems pretty realistic. So I think they get to 21st and that one hits. Steven, I'll be honest. I think this is a little too cute. I, I think. I, I, <laughs> it's Why? It's certainly risky because this could be over by the first quarter. Like we could lose this by the end of the first quarter if the Chiefs have a bad first quarter and the Vikings mm. just light it up or something. Um, I hope you're I right. Was gonna, well, I was going to do ten, but I was like that. This, if we do twenty, I think that mitigates some of the risk in terms yeah. of like the Vikings like getting this weird hot start and then kind of fizzling after and that. The Vikings will turn it over in the first quarter. They do it every week um okay well we're all on the side of the chiefs um brandon in a unique way my leg um i took this one two weeks ago so i took the one that hit so we actually have two-thirds of the same um same game parlay as we did two weeks ago uh these all kind play of, into each other too we're all kind of helping each other right so uh i am taking travis kelsey anytime touchdown score this is the lowest of low possible hanging fruit minus 150 
Uh, so same odds as your race to 20 BLG. You think um, mine's too cute, even though we had the same odds for both of our props. It is cute because mine is like it's the same odds. He's he's gonna score though. Like I feel very they're gonna get the 20 points and they're gonna no, but like he could score in the fourth quarter and it would be just it would like it would count just the same. Yours is like a a, it's dependent on some literally minus 150. It's the same odds. It's but if they if they get to Uh, it early, then we got that leg locked in and we can feel good about it. Exactly. That's true. But like your leg could be over. My leg could hit in the final minutes of the game. Like yours can't. Um, I mean, I guess it could, but yeah, uh, it could. whatever. Um, it is a total same game parlay of plus 355. Brandon, mm-hmm. please explain that to the loyal listener, what that means if you bet $10. So you can throw $10 on that and you would get a total payout, including your 10 bucks back of what four, what was it? Four, 43, 50, right? I'm not good at math. I don't have the odds up in front of me anymore. But yeah. Um, Okay. Good job. That is our same game parlay. Our pick three again. Once uh, once again, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So the time has come now to preview the rest of the week five games. Uh, A couple of rules, um, just to be clear, because we always kind of lay them out. Uh, Number one, we will each apply a lock of the week to a particular game. Uh, Last week, Stephen, you and I both hit. You took the Minnesota Vikings uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Congratulations. I took the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football against the Giants. (laughs) <laughs> easiest lock of all time uh brandon you your team did win uh literally yes. and figuratively here you took the eagles um as eight and a half point favorites but they did not cover against the commander so it was your first loss of the season in the lock category steven you lead the way uh at four and oh blg year three and one i am an even steven 502 and two on the year uh but we'll see what games we have locked up other rule uh we each have a zap so we don't want to hear what one another has to say about a particular game. Uh, you can zap somebody. You cannot zap somebody with regards to the team they cover. We say that all the time, but I think that's pretty obvious by now. Anyway, let's head back to London. Uh, Steven, uh, you are our reigning locks uh, leader, so you get the first crack at this. Um, some people didn't know the Jaguars stayed there, I guess, all week. I thought that was pretty common information. Uh, but nevertheless, the Buffalo Bills on their way, uh, and they are laying five and a half points in the process against the Jaguars, who got the first win at Wembley last week. Part of me wants to zig here because Buffalo came off the big game last week against the Dolphins. They looked really good. Their defense has been great. Josh Allen played out of his mind last week. And five and a half points in London, which is kind of like a second home field advantage for the Jags. Like, And Jacksonville's not playing well. They really need to put together a, a strong performance here. But I just think... I don't have a lot of faith in what Jacksonville is putting on tape right now. And their offensive line hasn't played particularly well. Uh, Their pass catchers haven't been as good as you would have thought coming into the season. And Trevor Lawrence has just kind of had some bad luck, despite uh, I think he's still playing pretty well. They got to get Calvin Ridley involved, but I I just think the bills are uh, a really tough matchup for them right now. And that pass rush is going to give them some problems. Von Miller might be available in this game. So that's something to watch and pay attention to. I just think that Buffalo is significantly better than Jacksonville right now. So I'm going to take the bills and the points in this game. Josh okay. Allen, the edge rusher proved to be superior to Josh Allen, the passer last year when these two teams met. I don't think that happens again. The bills are, what did you say RJ on Monday football Monday? I believe like the best team ever in terms uh, of DVOA D- DVOA so has them as the best three in one team ever, but I mean, yeah. in the DVOA era, which begins in 1981, right? I believe. right. Still, uh, they, yeah, I think they're really impressive. I'm buying into it. 
the Jags winning against the Falcons wasn't as much as Jacksonville looking awesome to me, as much as it was just the Falcons being bad, and we'll get to the Falcons later. Uh, yeah, so I actually trust the Bills here to win and cover. Uh, I agree with Steven wholeheartedly. Like, this this is normally like a situation I would really like to take the Jaguars in, um, but I'm kind of fine being proven wrong by the Jaguars at this point. Um, I'm still not ready to admit that I might be wrong about the Bills on the overall of the season. Well, I mean, the Bills, like, they look incredible. Like, there's no doubt about this. And I hate to do this because people do this about the Cowboys all the time, but it's like, we've seen the Bills dominate, you know, at this time of year before, right? Like, this, you know, so cool. I mean, and fine, like, bet your money and, and win it on this. But um, I, it is interesting that they are so heavily favored in London. Um, but that just kind of is what it is. Okay, so clean sweep for all of us. Uh, nobody in the icebox quite yet. Uh, Brandon, the New York Giants are coming off of just an all-time embarrassing mm. loss uh, on Monday Night Football. You just really hate to see it. Uh, Brian Dayball's catching no heat because he threw it all literally on Daniel Jones by way of a tablet. Uh, they are, at this present time, we're doing this Friday morning, 12.5-point underdogs on the road against the Miami Dolphins, who are probably pretty pissed off after not really competing with the Bills last week, as Steven mentioned. So, uh, Dolphins, Giants, what do you like? Uh, this is my lock of the week. Dolphins are going to cover. The Dolphins took a step back against the Bills, but that's okay. Their offense is certainly still capable of scoring many, many points. The Giants suck, to be uh, just brutally honest. And they're banged and up intellectual. still. Yes, to be super intellectual. <laughs> they're banged up. Um, they're missing starting center John Michael Schmidt's rookie. Uh, Andrew Thomas hasn't been able to practice this week yet. Uh, Shane Lemieux who has been able to fill in, I think, for John Michael Schmitz, not practicing. Like They're banged up up front. They're bad up front. Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball. Shaycon Barkley has been limited in practice. Even if they get him back, that does not really move the needle for me. Evan Neal is a disaster. Uh, the Giants just look really, really bad, and I don't think I could possibly regret betting against them. Um, I guess we should mention, Stephen, the Evan Neal quote that was all over the place this week. Uh, and to be clear, the Giants are really frustrated. Like, that's a, a tough scene, like, on a team. Like, it just feels like everything they're doing is, is terrible. And he was asked, um, I don't know if you know, Stephen, what was it about the fans booing or being upset? Um, and he made reference to, uh, you know, whoever's booing me. Like, why would a lion concern himself with the opinions of a sheep? I'm paraphrasing here. He said, like, um, what are they doing? Flipping burgers and hot dogs. Um, just a really ugly comment horrible look for evan neal he did apologize after um so he did atone for that but um the vibes are all time bad with the giants Steve. it's certainly a stupid thing to say and you don't ever want an offensive lineman making headlines like especially <laughs> when he is just getting destroyed on the football field um but i agree with blg the giants suck like they're not a good football team um they're the worst team in the nfl right it's they're they're close to it and that yeah. daniel jones contract is going to look really really bad and you know not having saquon obviously affects things here but they don't have any reliable pass catchers and darren waller was the big thing that they did this <laughs> offseason and that has not worked out at all their offensive line cannot block anyone and I think the most disappointing thing about the giants this season is the defense was kind of expected to take a step and their defense which, which has young guys along the defensive line, Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau, that like are supposed to be the anchors of that unit. They can't generate pressure at all. Like they, they're just not getting after the quarterback. They're they're not a good defense. They're not a good offense. Daniel Jones looks terrible. Miami's pissed off after last week, and they're gonna get Tyreek Hill, Achan, Mostert, Waddle has had a down season so far. He's due for a big game. I just think. The Dolphins are going to absolutely boat race him. So I'll, I'll take Miami easy and I'll take Miami to cover the 12 and a half easy, even though that's a huge line. Um, I'm with you both. I think the Giants suck. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, but I um, I mentioned this to Brandon. Like I, for the life of me, don't understand why Brian Dable's getting no heat. Like, I, I don't mean, think that's true. I don't think he's getting no heat. He, he's not getting like proper heat, at least like, you know, he might be getting some, but like, I think Daniel Jones is getting too much heat. Like, I'm not going to sit here and defend Daniel Jones, but, like, like would, would Andy Reid ever throw a tablet on the sideline in the direction of Patrick Mahomes? And, not, like, Andy Reid's, like, the gold standard. Like, would Matt LaFleur ever do that? You know what I mean? Would Jonathan Gannon ever do that? Like, that was such a childish okay. – uh, I mean, the, Hey, dude, the Jonathan Gannon Cardinals are way more well-coached than the Brian Dayball Giants. And so, like, that was such a lame move. Like, nothing about this team – 
is inspiring. Like absolutely zero. Uh, so suck is probably the best word. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you all. Um, I'm fine laying the points. That's a lot of points, but like they're that mm. bad. Um, so oh well, you did, you did the thing. You did the you did the, uh, the trophy. It's a lot of points. It's a lot big, of points. It's, it's a lot of points. <laughs> uh, well, there are a lot of points at hand for the Detroit Lions, uh, who are at home against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers now the lone winless team. Uh, everybody taking turns, uh, Brandon, um, at like dunking on the Panthers, who like want to trade for a top tier wide receiver. Uh, when DJ Moore just had three touchdowns and 230 yards on Thursday Night Football. Uh, but the Lions are 10-point favorites. I don't know the last time. Maybe this, somebody's discovered this. Maybe Jeremy has at Pride of Detroit. When was the last time the Lions were 10-point favorites anywhere? Obviously mm-hmm. at home, but still, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like Jeremy's probably got an answer to this. I can't imagine in the last several years there's been a time where they've been a double-digit uh, point favorite. Um, but... I'm undefeated in the locks this week. And part of that is because the last two weeks I've taken Mm. whoever is playing the Panthers and I almost went with the lions uh, again this week. And I I didn't think I I can't just keep picking whoever is playing the Panthers, but the Panthers are just that bad And Detroit's playing really well right now. And it it is worth mentioning. Amon Ross St. Brown might not be available. It seems totally up in the air if he's going to be available, but they might have Jamison Williams back on the field this week. And I'm really excited to see what Jameson Williams can do because I don't think we've gotten a proper look at him in the NFL right now. And the Lions are just a, a much more talented team. Their defensive line's playing really well. Aiden Hutchinson's playing out of his mind. And offensively, they're going to get a lead, and they're just going to run all over the Panthers. And the Panthers have the worst run, de- run defense in the NFL. So I think the Lions are easily going to cover this. And I think they're going to just rush the football all over the Carolina Panthers this week. Brandon, quickly, yeah. um, sorry, but just to interrupt, I slacked Jeremy while we were talking, and I asked him, and he already responded, and he had the answer. So um, he is the yeah, MVP I of that up. Uh, It was 2017 against the eventual 0-16 mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson Browns, the last time the Lions were double-digit point favorites. And the Lions only finished 9-7 and seven that year, too. They weren't even like this amazing <laughs> team. Uh, anyway, the Panthers beat the Lions in uh, – Charlotte last year. So I think that kind of works towards guarding against this being a letdown or a trap game for the lions. Like, I don't think they're going to overlook that they're, they have that bad taste in their mouth from losing to this team last year and kind of getting just like run all over. Uh, so I think the lions fix that they're coming off the mini buy. They take care of business here. Panthers have just not looked like a team that can hang for the most part this season. So I will take the lions to win and cover. While I'm not ready to apologize for my preseason Bills takes, um, I am ready to apologize to the Lions for not believing. Although I stand by um, not believing just because everyone believed, which is why I think a lot of people believed. Um, so uh, to the people who believed uh, of their own organic thought, I'm sorry. You were right. I was wrong. Um, congratulations to the Lions uh, for all the success, which will continue on Sunday, including against the Panthers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Stephen, are getting four and a half points at home. Against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson looks good. The Steelers look bad. Um, the Steelers, who we all believed in, might not be very good. Yeah, but I, I hate this game. I hate picking Ravens, Steelers, mm. AFC North games because whatever you think you know on paper, it's just going to be a brutal game to watch. And it's going to be a back and forth defensive battle. These two teams like hate each other and they have these ugly games every single year. I think the Ravens win and I think they cover here because I think they are a better football team, even though they've got so many injuries right now, they had a lot of guys actually return to practice this week. So they might be getting healthier. I just think overall the Ravens are just a much better team right now, unless Kenny Pickett just comes out of nowhere and really puts something together against a tough Ravens defense, but I'm not buying it until I see it. So I'm going to take the Ravens here. I would not bet this one. I would not recommend betting this one. Mike Tomlin as a home dog is typically something that does not work out for the away team. So I am suspect of the line. I'll take the Steelers to cover. I'll take the Ravens to win. Kenny Pickett banged up. Steelers offense has been really inept. Uh, Ravens are playing well. Ravens win the game, but I don't want to touch the line. If I have to make a pick, I'll say the Steelers cover, but lose. Um, So you're picking the Ravens to win, right? Yes, Ravens win, Steelers cover. So not quite in the icebox, um, just kind of one foot in, just kind of checking it out like Carmi um, in the season two finale of the Bear. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in the Ravens. Um, I don't believe in the Steelers. That was, I don't know how we all got that wrong. Like not just the three of us, but like the football collective. 
Um, it's very strange. Um, you're betting on a winning organization. Like that's what they've been. Yeah. You're kind betting of you're giving them some. Basically. Yeah, you're betting. You're giving them some benefit of the doubt. Kenny Pickett looks good in the preseason. Like I don't think I don't think people need to regret that. That's fair. I mean, like some of it is like some of it was unpredictable, but I think I feel like some of it was obvious. Maybe that's the Matt Canada stuff is probably not was not weighted enough. How concerning that is. And Shil Kapadia tweets out a stat, uh, Shil from the Ringer every week about like how they it's been so many games without like a three hundred oh, yard, like four hundred yards or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're like the only team who has. It's like it's so pathetic, and it just adds on every single week. The uh, the team that beat the Steelers, the Houston Texans, are in Atlanta this week, and they are getting one and a half points to head uh, to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? Um, Houston Texans, one and a half point dogs. Um, I am going to go first. Uh, look, I believed in the Texans, right? Like yep. my, my my take was always like they're they're not like the doormat that they've been forever. There are enough pieces on offense for it to. You know, for them to have games where they score some points, and that might be enough to win a couple of games or in a division that is somewhat suspect. I didn't totally believe in the Jaguars last year. The Titans looked bad, obviously, and the Colts. You know, we all know how I feel about the Colts. Um, so Texans have been really impressive, and C.J. Stroud has been super-duper impressive. I hate to jinx him, but he has a chance to set the uh, career or rookie mark for most passes to start a career without an interception. We'll see if he does that. Dak Prescott currently holds that record. Um, I believe in the Texans so much. They're such a fun story. I love, like, all of it's fun. C.J. Stroud's fun. Tank Dale's fun. Nico Collins is fun. Even Dalton D'Amico. Schultz is fun um, in the Houston Texans uniform. Will Anderson is fun. D'Amico is, is the most fun dude. Like, he is such a – like, there's – everything about this is easy to root for. I can't believe I'm getting points here. The Houston Texans are my lock of the week. Um, so shut up and take a seat. I'm a little cautious about this. Oh. I want to buy, buy into the Texans, mm. and I, I do think I am going to take the Texans to win this football game. Um I think D'Amico is just tremendous, and we're seeing the early returns on that. I think he's going to be a great head coach. C.J. Stroud has performed well above expectations that anybody should have for a rookie quarterback out of the gate, and Nico Collins has been flat-out amazing so far. And they're doing it with a totally makeshift offensive line, which makes it even more impressive uh, because that offensive line has a bunch of dudes you've never heard of in the NFL playing for them right now. Um and I think at the end of the day, I, I just believe that D'Amico is is a better coach and they're they're trending in the right direction and, and they're just doing things better than Atlanta and Arthur Smith are right now. But I, I will say that Houston's one issue on defense this season has been uh, against the run. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Arthur Smith is going to attack them with Bijan, Tyler Algier, and they're just going to try to run it down their throat. So that that's my only like pause for concern about this game. But I am in on the Texans. I'm in on Stroud. I believe in them. I, I think they will win this football game. So I'll take Houston. Yeah, I like the Texans vibes way more than I like the Falcons vibes. It is tough to be the only person who is saying that Desmond Ritter was never any good. But I will once again uh, carry that burden with me and state that he's he's just horrible. He's not playable, man. Like, what are he's they really doing? Bad. He's really like, bad. it's just, you're just wasting, you're wasting time. You don't have to give young players playing time just because they're young. If they suck and it's clear there's like a non-starter here, like flip the switch. I know that Taylor Heineke is not going to be the long-term answer for them, but like Ritter's at a level where he's just unplayable. And at least, and if you're Arthur Smith and like, you're going to have some pressure here coming up. You're not, your job isn't just guaranteed. He is going to flip that switch at some point. And I think why wait? Uh, at this, I don't, I don't think we're needing to see anything more from Desmond Ritter. I think it's already been enough. I don't even think they to, to give him just the starting job like they did this offseason, insane, and to not pursue more serious options. Like why? Like wh- that's such a I, that's such a huge mistake. Uh, not so, that he had yeah. the same hype, but I do wonder if like a game like Thursday night, you know, keeps keeps like coaches holding on, right? Because maybe like if you're Arthur Smith, you're like, man, but everyone was down da- again. Like Justin Fields had like an understandable that's level sad. of belief that that Desmond Ritter didn't, but like you know what I'm saying? Like that's the like okay. that's the hope you're you're kind of holding on to. Again, I'm not I'm but not justifying even, it, but I'm saying like that's e- the line of thought. But even for me, who's been a Justin Fields skeptic from the start, like he at least has had moments of flashing. Where Desmond Ritter can you can't even say uh, that with him. There has not been there's not been a Desmond Ritter moment where he's flashed or anything dynamic or special. So they're just wasting time, and I'm wasting time uh, going on about this game. It is <laughs> this is it's not the same level 
as the Giants being favored to beat the Seahawks when we did this show last week, which is insane. But it is pretty weird, and that does make me a little cautious. Like, is the line trying to say something here? But I can't possibly take the Falcons. Give me the Texans and the points. Um, I did want to say that I want to get this on the record. I think we're a couple of weeks away, like maybe the Texans getting out to like, a, I don't know, like a six and three kind of record, like something stout like that. Uh, we're, we're that away from Broncos ownership pounding their chest about like, well, we really wanted to hire him. Like, like, act, like flexing about like wanting to hire D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's as if that is like a, an indication that they're a great organization. So uh, I just want that. Texans on. next six games, by the way. Falcons obviously coming up here, but then it's so the next five would be the uh, home against the Saints, away against the Panthers, home against the Bucks, away against the Bengals, and home against the Cardinals. So there's a chance to go on a little bit of a run there. Six and three, it's happening. Be ready for yeah. it. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, Stephen, uh, we thought they would grind out a win against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. Nope, drop the hammer on them. Some of that's the Bengals in a tough spot, but uh, they're in Indianapolis this week and they are laying mm. two and a half points in the process. Colts have been cute, but the Titans kind of like the, the titans are the truest like it's october so they're like freddy krueger jason Voorhees, whatever like they will never die the titans are so frustrating because <laughs> you know you know they're not a good football team their defensive line is spectacular and i do think mike Vrabel is a good coach and so you just know every week it's never going to be an easy game it's never going to be a fun game to watch like it's just going to be an ugly hard-fought football game and but but I will say, like, I, I feel like the Titans coming off of a dominating win over the Bengals, I kind of feel like this is like that Tennessee game where Ryan Tannehill just looks terrible and they like turn the football over mm. and the Colts kind of shock them. So I'm going to go with the Colts here. I'm buying mm. into Anthony Richardson. I, I think he looks like a stud. He looks like like he, he has a chance to be a, a really game changing type of player as long as he continues to develop. And I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be active this week. That would be interesting, but the Titans run defense is really good. So I think it's a tough matchup, but you can beat Tennessee's secondary. If you're willing to push the ball down the field, I expect the Colts to try to do that. I just like what the Colts are doing right now more than I like what the Titans and I'm aboard the Anthony Richardson hype train. So I'm going to take the Colts here. Kind of funny Brandon how Alba. the Titans okay. won last week, 27 to three a week after losing to and so they beat an afc north team last week 27 to 3 after losing the week prior to an afc north team 27 to 3 uh there should be a little term for that if you win the next game the same score that you lost by the week before it's a a palindrome of a game i guess yeah we can call it that uh so weird but uh yeah, I, I can't give the Colts the full benefit of the doubt yet. I think I like their trajectory. I'm positive about their long-term outlook here. But I still think, even though many are ready to write off the Titans, and understandably so, I am not yet. I am leaning into Vrabel finding a way to... They're just a weird team. And uh, they're flawed. But they do have this toughness to them still. I think that's part of their identity that still exists. And I guess I'm in, in a game I see as a toss-up, I will lean with them. Yeah, um, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to Tennessee more than Indianapolis. But I do think, I mean, we've said this, the darkest part of the night is well behind the Colts at this point. Um, I really like Anthony Richardson, who doesn't. Um, I really like Shane Steichen. It's a lot easier to like him um, in his current, you know, ensemble as opposed to his previous one. Um, I mean, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to return, but I do think, Stephen, that we are, like, there is a a, like 250-yard Jonathan Taylor game that's going to happen this season. And he's going to, like, have some sort of comment afterwards where he's like, I told y'all, whatever, blah. Like that is well <laughs> in the forecast of, of the next month or so. Mm. Um, it's really interesting to be the like icebox deciding vote, like which one of you I'm putting in there. Um, Steven, get a coat wow. because I'm taking the Titans to win this one. Wow. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Okay, I take that. The New Orleans Saints are visiting the New England Patriots, and this is a matchup, Brandon, of two teams that are both kind of gross, um, that I don't think anybody really enjoys watching. Um, I suppose I understand why the Patriots are are a one-point favorite, but at home, that's a little bit embarrassing. Like, it's just, this is a struggle time uh, for the Patriots coming off of the worst loss that Bill Belichick has ever had in his career. Hmm. I, man, I (laughs) don't like this game. Uh... Not a lot of juice to this game, I have to say. Uh, 
I made this pick for BGN Radio because we I'm monitoring the Saints second round pick that is owed to the Eagles, and I'm looking back at what I actually picked for that game. Uh yeah, I guess I'm going to take the Patriots because I think the Patriots aren't quite as bad as what we saw last week, especially when they're playing at home. And I, I just trust in Bill Belichick and that defense ultimately more than I do the version of Jameis Winston or injured Derek Carr that's being put out there and the Saints offense that even when they were at strong fuller health just weren't doing much that makes you feel good. So um, I hate this matchup, but it, it's a pick them. I'll decide with the home team. I think that's what I'm leaning to. And, you know, the Patriots losing Matthew Jujan for an extended period of time. Christian Gonzalez likely being done for the year. Like that's obviously a huge blow to your defense, but you just assume Bill Belichick is going to figure it out, especially after that getting dominated last week. Like you just assume defensively, he's going to figure things out enough to give the saints enough problems offensively that they'll find a way to just eke out an ugly win against the saints. And Derek Carr was terrible last week, first of all, but he's also just not been good this season. And and I feel like we were, a lot of people were acting like he was okay before last week. And then last week it was like, Oh, he was injured. No, he has been bad this season. He has not looked good at all. I would have preferred last week we got a glimpse of Jameis just to see what it looks like because Carr was just Alvin Kamara had 13 catches for 33 yards last week because Derek Carr was just checking down because apparently he can't throw deep at all right mm. now. So why is he even taking snaps? I just think this is the type of game that sets up like perfect Bill Belichick game. Just go out there, give Carr all kinds of problems, get a defensive score or something and wind up winning like 12 to nine. Like that's exactly what this game is going to set up as. We make picks in a lot of places, um, and I hate when I'm not uniform, right? Like when if you read our picks like on NSPNation.com or whatever, and then you listen to the show, like it bothers me if I forget what I did, kind of like Brandon right now. Um, I don't remember what I, I took there, um, but I'm kind of leaning in the direction of the Saints at this point in time. Mm. I'm not willing to buy the like the Saints really aren't as bad as they look take that's kind of floating around there. But uh, for what it's worth, um, who's saying you that? Know, uh, well, JP said that on Monday Football Monday. So okay. um, that's been living in my head. So I'll be calm. Uh, the mm. Saints currently rank 18th in overall DBOA by FTN Fantasy. Uh, they're 22nd offensively, so pretty gross. But they're ninth on defense. The Patriots are 8th for what it's worth. And they're 8th on special teams. I think they're, I don't want to say a, a, a like a well-rounded team, but they're a more well-rounded team than the Patriots right now. Like, And while none of us are kind of buying into even like, injured Derek Carr or whatever Jameis like are any of us buying into Mac Jones at all like whatsoever like this is bad um so again I get to put someone in the box um Brandon you're in I'm taking the Saints fun fact about the ice box winter is coming I'm in the ice box wouldn't wouldn't you be in the ice box yeah I was just gonna say you're the oh I got confused I um I thought my bad. Uh Steven, I thought you were taking the imprisoned me. Okay, well I'm in. I'm taking the Patriots. Well you're y'all are stupid. How about that? Uh (laughs) so I'm taking the Saints, I'm in the box. Uh let's head out to Los Angeles, the biggest home field advantage in the NFL, where the Rams will welcome the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and they will get four points in the process. Uh BLG. Uh Eagles have been topsy turvy this season. They're undefeated, and that's what matters the most. Uh, but speaking of DVOA, like all sorts of things like that, EPA per play, like they are mm-hmm. kind of a bottom half team right now. Barely so, mm, but, you know, that's not well, true. I mean, well, that's they're not, right around. Objectively <laughs> not true. They're right. Let me see. I'm looking at DVOA right now. They are. They are. Uh, okay. No, okay. My bad. I misread this. Um, They're sixth overall. Uh, and they're yeah, lowest. I, is on <laughs> okay. My bad. It's not but the they, bottom they have, half. They have, they have not played. So again, apologies. But they have not played the way you would kind of off just kind of a general rule. Think a four and O team has played. Yeah, 6th in DVOA, 7th in offensive DVOA, 10th in defensive DVOA, whereas the Rams, the Eagles' Week 5 opponent, are 17th in DVOA, 11th in offense. Hertz is like 17th in EPA per play. Is he not? There's there's something that I saw in where success they would... rate but success rate is you know okay it's well, not okay only... I didn't make that up then like I knew I saw the Eagles logo below 16th somewhere somewhere <laughs> okay yeah that totally <laughs> Land the plane. Your, your point <laughs> uh anyway uh let's give you a little context historically when the Eagles are on the road as favorites under Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts they are six and seven 
against the spread. Straight up, they are 12 and 1. So that's a nice little trend in their favor. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of Eagle Sands out there at SoFi Stadium and a fan base that is probably not uh, as electrified for football for the Rams. So I like that. It's not, you know, like a true, you know, roaded uh, situation for the Eagles as much as it normally might be. Eagles offense seemed to turn a corner a little bit. Now, you know, the commander's defense clearly looks concerning and bad. So that's a factor in there. Um, weird, weird thing that has happened in the NFL. Aaron Donald has never had a sack in four games against the Eagles. He only has one tackle for loss in those games. And he only has six quarterback hits. Those are like crazy low numbers. And he, and in those games, he has played against Eagles backup offensive linemen in multiple of them. So it's not even just like, oh, the Eagles had a great offensive line. They shut him down every time. That's kind of a weird thing. Um, I honestly don't really know too many Rams defenders outside of Aaron Donald on that defense. He's obviously great, but when you don't have other players who you don't even know, I don't really feel great about that for the Rams. Um, I do think the Eagles secondary is an issue and Matthew Stafford, despite throwing more interceptions than touchdowns this year uh, is going to be able to have success. Obviously Puka Takua has been a sensation leads the NFL as a rookie. They're getting Cooper cut back this week. It looks like so, uh, certainly some things working in the Rams' favor, but at the same time, they are missing multiple offensive line starters on an offensive line that's not that great anyway, going up against the Eagles' front. I think the Eagles win this game, but I could see the Rams keeping it close and covering, so I'll take the Eagles to win, Rams to cover. This is actually my lock of the week. Um, wow. I'm, ta- I'm taking the Eagles here to cover the four points. I just think... The Rams are a really fun story right now. I think through four games, the Rams are better than I think anybody assumed they were going to be because Matthew Stafford has the injury last year, and you're kind of like, is he ever going to be the same guy? And he's been awesome this season. And Puka Nakua, one of the best stories in all of the NFL, fifth-round rookie, got 500 receiving yards, just absolutely dominating on a weekly basis. And, yeah, they get Cooper Cup back this week, but – yeah, I think Cooper Cup's probably going to be on a sap count. We'll, we'll see. He he's still, I think, when healthy, uh, a, a wide receiver one in the NFL, like an incredible player. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the Rams' offensive line versus the Eagles' defensive line, and I just think the Eagles' defensive line is going to absolutely dominate them. And you know, the Eagles offensively will do what they do every week. Like maybe they will get off to a slow start. Then they'll just start pounding the football with DeAndre Swift, taking shots down the field over the top with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, and they'll put together enough points to win. So I'm going to take the Eagles, and I feel good about them covering. This is the closest I've been to picking against the Eagles in a very long time, Um, I guess since last uh, Christmas Eve. Super Bowl. uh, Well, that's true, too. Um, How'd that work out? Anyway, um, I am going to say I am going (laughs) to I'm going to pick the Rams to cover uh, not just because of your uh, against the spread um, statistic, Brandon, but I mean, it just kind of feels like that. Uh, The Eagles have been flying close to the sun, um, but I'm still willing to give them, you know, they're they're burning it up a little bit, uh, the benefit of the doubt. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Stephen. I think the Rams story might not be enough, uh, but they are a lot of fun. I, I think the. I think the Rams are a playoff team at the very least. Um, well, I mean, that's their you know kind of ceiling at this point. But um, that's where I land. So a nice little hedge by me. Um, let's move on. The Bengals are visiting the Cardinals uh, this week and laying three points in the process. I'll go first if you'll allow me, Brandon. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to take the Cardinals. I, I've, that- I've, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I am still, even though against all, like, it's it's weird because it's just really going against what we've seen from them. I just still refuse to believe they're, like, this bad. I refuse to believe it. I know Burrow hasn't been right, but I just, like, they're, they have to figure it out. And Cardinals are off to a nice little plucky start. They were pathetic against the 49ers. 49ers are obviously a very good team, but still that defensive performance was like kind of the Jonathan Gannon going up against a good quarterback in Philadelphia defense where it was really terrible. I think the Bengals might be able to get cooking against this Cardinals defense. Bengals win this one in cover. So I'm going to pick the Bengals here, but I I still don't feel good about it. And, And part of that is because 
all of a sudden this week, Joe Burrow's like, I'm healthy now. <laughs> like He like, just decided. Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's just like, this is the greatest I've felt in a long time. Like I, I'm good now. The calf injury is not an issue anymore. And I don't understand how that could be the case. You got dominated last week. You can't throw the football down the field. You took three sacks against the Titans and they just, their defensive line totally decimated you. But like, also the Cardinals have been performing way above expectation for the most part this season, but I don't believe they can keep that up. Like no. I'm with BLG and I, I just can't believe that Cincinnati is this bad and maybe Burrow is really healthy right now. And this is the healthiest he's been or whatever, since he injured his calf. I don't believe that. I don't understand why he's just all of a sudden good now. Um, but I, I have to imagine that they'll figure things out eventually. Cause they're just simply not this bad. They've got way too much talent. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know if T Higgins is going to be available this week. I haven't seen an update on him. He had a rib injury, but he was saying he'd be fine. So I just think Cincinnati is so much more talented than the Cardinals. So I think they'll find a way to get back in the win column this week. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Listeners. Um, our pick three uh, was centered around the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Brandon, the Vikings pulled one off last week. Kind of a gross win, uh, but 0-4 does not have their name on it. Uh, this is a tough way to try to get your second one of the season. They are getting three and a half points, even at home, but I mean, it is the Chiefs. I'll keep it simple. Kirk Cousins beats the bad teams, typically. Doesn't beat the good teams. Chiefs are a good team. Chiefs are going to have this big off. We're basically in our same game parlay banking on the Chiefs having a at least decent offensive performance, if not a big one. So uh, I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to say that the same game parlay hits for the first time ever. And I'm going to say the Chiefs <laughs> win and cover. Uh, Steven, to set you up, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, that's my pick. But I do think it's going to be a bit of an offensive showing back and forth. That was, you know, why you, you know, took Patrick Mahomes over 300 yards all passing yards. I, I mean, this is going to be a good day for Kirk Cousins in the box score. I think we all think that Justin Jefferson as well. Yeah, and this line's actually been going down as the week goes on, mm. which I thought was a little surprising. Uh -oh. um, but, I mean, the Chiefs are relatively healthy. The Vikings appear relatively healthy going into this game. So they should be at full strength. But, yeah, I, I just think the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes really upset with his performance against the Jets, and he talked about it multiple times this week and brought it up. And this Vikings defense just can't stop anybody really. Like I, I get that they looked okay last week against the Carolina Panthers, but like you can blitz the hell out of the Panthers. You can put pressure on the Panthers, not an impressive team to slow down. The chiefs are a different story. I, I just think they're going to be able to do what they want offensively. And then especially if they get up early, we know the Vikings are just going to totally abandon the run and just start heaving it downfield to Justin Jefferson. So it's the toughest test of the Chiefs defense so far, which has been really good so far this year. Uh, they haven't faced anybody the caliber of Justin Jefferson or anybody even close. So I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I think it is going to be high scoring, but I think the Chiefs are just a better football team. And I, I think that Patrick Mahomes uh, wants it more than the the one and three Vikings. <laughs> uh, it was refused to lose. That, he will refuse to lose more uh, than Kirk will. Uh, yeah. That's always been Kirk's biggest flaw is that he – He's fine with losing. He he doesn't refuse. Um, anyway, um, do you guys remember like six weeks ago when everybody was like, the Jets-Broncos game in week five is going to be incredible. <laughs> um, now, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers injury um, took a, a lot of steam out of the Jets in general. Uh, but, Steven, the Jets are kind of fun. Like, uh, like who's mm. – like outside of like, you know, rivals of the Jets, I feel like most people are kind of rooting for them and kind of want to see like a fun little story. Um, last night, you know, had some weird kind of fun energy, like some sort of Pac-12 after dark energy going on. Uh, they are two and a half point dogs on the road against the Broncos and Sean Payton, who opened his mouth about a lot of things, including Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if I'd call the Jets fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think everybody wants them to be fun. Like everybody's like trying to manifest that. Yeah. I was trying to like will that into existence. So, I, I talked about it at Arrowhead Pride this week. Like, it would be really funny and, and it would be an interesting thing moving forward this season if that game against the Chiefs really did like make everything click for Zach Wilson and he's just like a functional quarterback now and like can actually like make throws and and keep you in football games and possibly even win a game down the line. And this Broncos matchup couldn't ask for a better matchup coming off of that strong performance against the Chiefs. Because the Broncos defense 
is the worst defense in football right now. And like on a historic pace to be the worst defense in football right now. Um, I still don't have any faith in Zach Wilson, but you know what? Okay, fine. I- I'm going to agree. The Jets are fun. Uh, I- I'm in on Zach Wilson. I think he can put together another decent performance against this awful Broncos defense. And I also just don't like Sean Payton. So I'm going to take the Jets here. If you are playing the Jets upcoming, I think Zach Wilson playing well, quote unquote, well, for his standards, especially is good like you want to see that you want especially before the trade deadline like you want to see the Jets not trade for a potential upgrade at quarterback so I just want to put that in perspective I don't think it's actually I think it's a this is fool's gold it's a false positive for the Jets that he's playing I said this on Monday Brandon like so he looked fine obviously last week he'll obviously look really good I think we all think this week Mm -hmm. um and then next week they play the Eagles obviously you know that and so like and then they're on their bye. So I do think that there will be this like coping of like, look, he looks really good. And then yep. man, he, he played an amazing defense. And so like, that's understandable. Like we can do that's this. And the they'll, most they'll, and they will burn the bye week opportunity. Right. It's the most frustrating thing I think as a fan, or at least to me, it's not like when a player, because when a player sucks, then it's like, okay, we know this isn't the answer. We can just move on. It's unfortunate that he is sucking or whatever. We're in this bad spot, but at least it provides you an opportunity for the future to move on and try something new. But a false positive like that is just like a big waste of time. And waste of time, I think, is the worst case scenario. So I think that's what's happening here with the Jets. I'm going to take the Broncos because I am not buying into the Zach Wilson thing. And the Broncos are awful. But Russell Wilson's my guy, baby. So I have to ride Broncos (laughs) country. Let's ride. I was so happy that, for the most part, the national media had done a good job of letting that go. Like, I felt like we we really ruined it. Um, but you proved that we weren't done holding on to something stupid. So um, I'm going to take the jets, which Brandon means you're in the ice box, obviously. Um, Fun fact weird. About the ice box. Winter is coming. I'm in the ice box. There's no like metric to measure this, but I really like every jets player was bothered by the Nathaniel Hackett stuff. And so like, I, and like, is there a Broncos player who's like, willing to rally around anything there <laughs> it's a very fair point point. and if sean payton wins this game you know he's gonna say something douchey at the post-game podium to just if he be... loses the game he will still say something <laughs> like that um so I, i'm really rooting for the jets and i think a lot of people share that uh sentiment just because it was so uncalled for and it, it has only aged poorly for sean payton given the way the broncos have looked um so it would be really 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 funny uh, for the Jets to kind of take off, I, I would love it if like Robert Sala sent Hackett out there for the coin toss, like something like, like, like give it to us, like in all that kind of fashion. So, um, that is what it is. Okay, Sunday night football the Dallas Cowboys are visiting the San Francisco 49ers, uh, in a game that everybody is super duper excited for. I want to vomit. Um, doesn't help that the Houston Astros are going to be playing at the same time in game two of the ALDS. So, tough times for me. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, the Cowboys are three and a half point dogs. I wouldn't bet on this game. I don't know if I would take the Cowboys to cover, but I'm not picking them to win this game. It's the first time I've picked against the Cowboys in a very long time. I don't know exactly wow. since when. No fear. Um, but, um, well, they have, like, how can you give them the benefit of the doubt? No, like, um, And I was talking to our good friend Stats and um, did a podcast with him this week. Everybody go check out the Gold Standard Network. Um, we posted it there as well. And, I mean, Dak Prescott has been an incredible quarterback in the playoffs, except for the two games he's played the 49ers. And it's like, Mm. oh, what an embarrassing, you know, thing that you can't get past one of the best coach teams and best rosters in the NFL. But that remains the case. Like they are, they are a machine. And I think their defense is a little bit more gettable than they've been in the past. And I, I think the Cowboys might be able to score some points. I just don't know that I think Dan Quinn's defense can hold on against Kyle Shanahan's offense, even though that they've limited them in the two playoff matchups in a general sense. Uh, but I, I I can't objectively pick the Cowboys to win. I obviously want that to happen very badly, but I'm taking the Niners, Steven, and I hate it. I think I'm going to take the Niners here, too. What a um, loser opinion. <laughs> it's, it's basically everything that you said. It's can the Cowboys defense outlast the 49ers offense? Because that's what the 49ers offense is now. It's just... Can you get them off the field for a couple of possessions? Great. Well, inevitably, Christian McCaffrey is going to break off a 70-yard run or Deba is going to catch a screen and take it 60 yards or George Kittle is going to have a huge pass or Brandon Ayuk's going to have a huge play. And 
that's just what they are offensively. And they've looked unstoppable through four games. They've only got one game that was a one possession game. Like everything else, it's just been total decimation and dominance. And I think the Cowboys, I think you mentioned it last week, RJ, like the Cowboys have weirdly been talking about this game for like weeks now. So maybe they show up and maybe they put their a game out there and they just go after everything to try to beat the 49ers. I just think, even with all of that stuff, I just think the 49ers just have too much offensively for really anybody to totally slow down right now. So I'm going to take the 49ers. I have nothing new to add to what you guys said. It comes down to benefit the doubt, and the Cowboys have not earned that specifically against this 49ers team, and the 49ers have earned that basically against, I would say, any team in the league right now with how well they're playing. I think they're the top team in the league. 49ers win, 49ers cover. Hmm. Tough times. Uh, hope I'm wrong. Um, let's offer one sentence about Monday Night Football. We'll obviously touch on it on Monday Football Monday. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. And Brandon, the Raiders are one-point favorites. Jordan Love rebounds in Packers win. Steven. Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach, <laughs> and I agree that the Packers will rebound. I hate that this game is in prime time. But if I have to pick, I will take the Packers, which means I'm taking them to win and cover. Cool. Um, we did it. We said it all. Congratulations, Brandon, on making it through an episode where you had to praise Justin Fields. I know that was difficult for you. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about the <laughs> uh, guy who's now 6-22 as a starter in the NFL. Do you have something in your hands? Oh. Uh, Let's go, baby. Um, you know what was super funny, Steven? I know you're a big baseball fan is um all through the uh the wild card series um that was in philadelphia the broadcast and brandon i know you read the first game they were yeah. like oh man this home field advantage is just amazing never mind the fact that the astros threw a no hitter there in the world series but you know I mean, super duper still, home field advantage. that was that was what the first home game the phillies had lost all playoff long yeah they, they and really also the first game that the astros played in philly was the first game in the playoffs that the Astros lost all playoffs long. That's so not, maybe that is something. They, they lost game one in Houston, just to be clear. In terms of pay, road game. I pay such little attention to baseball. I didn't know that we were already through a round of playoff baseball <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, our um, audience isn't here for this, so. Okay, uh, then, then Steven, uh, save us and give us something to watch. If you, this is a, a really big sports weekend, Something by the way. Watch, uh, especially in the state of Texas, you have both the Rangers and Astros in the playoffs. You've got A and M, Bama. You've got uh, the Red River rivalry, obviously, and then Sunday you've got the Texans, who are my lock. The whole show the is about something to watch. It's, we're previewing all the. Well, games. no, but Stephen, give us something on an entertainment perspective. Like, give us a um, movie or a show. Give us something. Cool. Well, Loki season two just premiered. I do want to get so into I that. Highly encourage you check that out. Also, yeah. Gen V, the boys spinoff on Amazon. First three episodes mm. were awesome. Fourth episode dropped today. Stephen, I got to be honest with you. I'm really worried that Loki season two is going to suck. Like, not I hope not. You, the first season you, was the best show that Disney Plus has made with these Marvel shows. So I agree with Steven. And also, are you high key worried about that? Or are you are you low key worried? About um, I love that you asked that question. <laughs> um, but uh, the first season was great. But like, name another Disney Plus show that was good outside of the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. Like, they've all been terrible. So like, I'm really worried that that funk is going to spread mm. to season two of Loki. I liked Ahsoka and WandaVision. Ahsoka's been okay. Andor was awesome. Andor was great. That's a great point. Andor's um, good. But okay, so for the most part, they're you know they're bad and yeah, not great. I Secret mean, Invasion was garbage. All right, no more. It was no more terrible. Talk. Um, Steven and I right. lamented over Secret Invasion a week you had to miss it. But um, happy Friday. Happy Friday. No, you have to say the thing, and then we <laughs> TGIF. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.